we're going to wrap our show up now. We have uh, some uh, sad news. The artist John Oderbridge, Los Angeles cultural leader, is how the um, the Los Angeles Times uh, referred to him. An artist um, has passed away. Um, it was earlier. He actually died on November the 12th. Um, he was 87 years old. Um, we don't know about a cause of death, but he made incredibly uh, powerful art sculptures from what people would generally dismiss as, as junk or, or cast-offs. And uh, uh, what I'd like to do is to welcome um, artist uh, Michael Massenberg, um, who is well-known in Southern California uh, for his art and indeed across the nation. He's exhibited in galleries and museums, uh, completed private commissions, and worked on public art projects throughout the country and abroad. A list of his public artwork clients is quite extensive, including the American Jazz uh, Museum. And uh, he also, um, along with his art-making practices, he's a teaching artist, community organizer, and activist for various organizations and causes. And I'm happy to say one of those causes is a victim's memorial for the women, the black women killed in a series of serial murders here in Southern California. But uh, Michael Massenberg, welcome. Uh, it's a pleasure and an honor to be here with you this morning. Thank you. So, Michael, uh, you know, tell us, a, a lot of our listeners may not know about John Oderbridge and his impact. Uh, tell us about that. Uh, yes. Uh, I know, uh, uh, for those who don't know, uh, when you think about arts and culture in Los Angeles, like particularly, let's say, for instance, the Watts Towers uh, Jazz and Drum Festival, uh, and also thinking about the young people who have been uh, – opportunity to have art classes uh, in, in, in our communities. Uh, think about like the, uh, like you mentioned in regards to uh, uh, things being reappropriated as far as things that normally are discarded are recreated in, in a way where it's now of value and has some meaning and histories and stories in them. So uh, in some way or form, someone has been in our, in our city and also across the board have been touched by him indirectly. Uh, he's been a service to the community for decades, uh, uh, going back into the 60s. Uh, and he is uh, also was a mentor to a lot of, of artists and cultural workers and administrators. He worked through the city of Los Angeles for many years uh, when he was director at the Watts Towers Art Center. And uh, his... His impact is, is so large that there are people having conversations about him on a daily basis we don't even know. Because a lot of my number right. of friends, we would talk about John uh, just in a part of the conversation. Uh, and it's an ongoing thing. So it's, it's a very spiritual, very cultural, very uh, uh, big thing that sometimes you can't always put your hand on. But he, has a, he definitely had his hand on a lot of stuff. Right, and, and he was called uh, by some a poet, philosopher, or contemporary uh, griot. And he was a mentor to you, you mentioned to me. Is that right, Michael? Tell us about that, because I, I, I love your art. If you don't know the work of Michael Massenberg, please Google him and, and take a, a look at it. Um, just the, the, the depth of, of, of meaning and reflection of so much in, in what you do. But, 
he was a mentor to you. How did he? How did that happen? How did he inspire you? Uh, yes, a very big, a big part of it. Um, it's interesting because my first time at the Watch Tower was like about like 1981 for a painting class uh, through uh, another instructor I had, uh, Vanilla Silvers, when I was at Cal State Long Beach, and I was a business major at the time. Um, but some years later, I decided to, I wanted to commit to doing art. Uh, I really enjoyed the process, but didn't have any any connections or any relation to anyone in, in the field. So I decided to go to the Watch Towers right around like 1990. And there I would kind of hang out there and I ended, ended up talking to John. Actually, I didn't know who he was in the beginning. And we had started having these conversations. And then he even mentioned the fact that he remembered me from this class from eight, nine years ago. And I didn't remember who, I didn't know who he was. And knowing that was John. So we developed a relationship. Uh, he was very helpful in and and sharing information and giving um it became more became like a part of a, a not only him but also an extension of a family of other other artists with like minds who were about like community who were about about service there was more than just uh creating works but also how we can impact our our communities with the art and art thinking practices um he definitely was a living example of that. So in regards to that, uh, throughout the years, he would always have a studio open to artists and people abroad. Uh, he had a certain way how he was able to communicate with people uh, in many ways where it didn't matter if it was in City Hall, where there'd be someone on the streets. Uh, he was very connected to humans. So that was a page that I definitely learned a lot from him in that regards in, in a lot of my practices today. Yes, and John Wilford Odebridge, he was born March 12, 1933, in Greenville, North Carolina, the second of eight children and survived by uh, four of his siblings. Uh, just quickly, because we do want to do an honoring song, uh, the uh, tradition of Sojourner Truth playing the morning song as we remember uh, John Outerbridge. But also, um, a quick comment, Michael, because the idea of taking what people see as trash and making mm -hmm. it into art, to me, just seems also symbolic of communities that are so devalued and dismissed and in a lot of ways seen as trash. But clearly, um, there is this art and there's beauty and so much more there. Um, just a quick thought on, on that. That's part of his contribution, oh, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yes. As a matter of fact, in Watts is a great tradition of that. Going back to Simon Dio's Towers, uh, which was created by a, a, a laborer who just basically just created this monumental art piece. Uh, yeah. and, it was, and through the tradition of... When before John, there was Nora Purefoy, where uh, who's also a friend friend of John's, who used discards from the Watts Rebellion to create art. Uh, wow! And so and so and also you, out of that, you have people like Betty Saar, John Riddle, David Hammonds, who use a lot of these materials, everyday materials that we all know and are connected to. But uh, but let's say you see like a, a old photograph, or you see like a a, a piece of a fabric. It reminds you of something that keeps you connected. It, show, it reminds you of your humanity in you. And it's something that that's not like which makes it also important too. It wasn't something that was foreign like I don't I don't understand this abstract. I don't understand what this art means. But you understand things that you use in your everyday life. And they will right. be used that yeah. to keep you connected. 
Well, Michael, we'll need to have you back because I want to l- learn so much more of what you just spoke about. But what we want to do now um, um, is to honor uh, the memory and to celebrate his life, but also the mourning, the sadness that we feel with the death of John Oderbridge. And we're going to play our usual mourning song uh, and the Not a Freaky album. Thank you. And we go out uh, mourning the passing of John Outerbridge, the black artist who died at the age of 87 years old.